Welcome back, Popheads. How is everybody doing? We have another exciting edition of the TomCast Popcast for you. My name is Tom. Welcome aboard. Please make sure you're following us on social media at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. We still do some stuff over there. We still release a show occasionally. Things happen. Things come up. Life goes on, but the podcast will always exist. We are here because we have uh, watched, reviewed, discussed the first four episodes of Lords of the Rings, Rings of Power. I think I got that name right. And, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in those first four episodes. And so we brought on our, our Tolkien scholar, our Tolkien scholar, excuse me. My brother Mark is here to tell us about all the insane Tolkien lore that you can handle. There's a lot to process. Uh, you might want to get your dry erase board ready. There's a lot of names. A lot of elvish names, a lot of history, connections to explore, things to talk about, things to discuss. But yeah, get ready, sit back, uh, listen to this fun conversation about the new Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power series airing on Amazon, Amazon Prime, I guess it's more technically accurate. And just know this, we will be back to review the final four episodes of season one once that is concluded at, at some near date in the near future. And so, yeah, we'll have complete coverage of the season. But here's the first four episodes. And, uh, you know, a few pacing things. But I like the show by and large. And so I will be taking the role of its defender from the vicious attacks of my brother Mark. So prepare yourselves for a good time because this one, I've, I've gotten good feedback from it. People seem to really enjoy this one over the Patreon. So hope you have fun with it as, as we did recording it. So you know what that means. It's time. Sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go. Ah, you fools. All right, joining me now via what appears to be some sort of nether realm, bathed in shadows with minimal lighting around him, my brother Mark is here with his uh, phosphorescent teeth showing right now. That's all I can see of you. <laughs> your your smile is radiant, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> this is a this is very wild. This, this this video feed I have of you right now. Like your teeth are looking glorious. All I see are your teeth and your earbuds. I see that? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild. A, I don't know. Mark, your chompers look great. Thank you. I don't know what the dentist says, but from my amateur opinion, they're looking pretty good. Uh, how are you? Done. How are you on this fine day? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, I know I asked you that already. <laughs> I'm just so mesmerized by your teeth. It's throwing everything out of whack. <laughs> All right. We're here to get into the Lord of the Rings, the Amazon series, but I have an important question for you first. Uh, what beer are you drinking? 
I am drinking Society's Fest Beer Oktoberfest Lager. Ha! That's hilarious, because I almost opened that myself. Uh, instead, I have a different Fest Beer. This is uh, from Bitburger, out of, from Germany. Uh, this is their Fest Beer. You know, super easy drinking, delightful, kind of a crusher. You're not going to get too twisted off of all these, unless you have like 11 of them, then maybe. I'll get back to you after my 11th, all right? I'd probably be done in after two. <laughs> so you got the society, I got the the Bitburger, but we're fest bearing it up. We're ready. We got our Lederhosen adjacent. We're Lederhosen adjacent today. I'm not wearing it. It's next to me though. I don't own any, but okay. <laughs> All right, let's dive into our topic today. Uh, as I said, we're here to discuss the Lord of the Rings Rings of Powers series on Amazon. Uh, uh, but but I guess we should sort of kind of put our our Lord of the Rings fandom out there first, right? And I, I think your Lord of the Rings history is probably more substantial than mine, so I'll, I'll sort of let you kind of cover uh, your history with it, but th- let me ask you this to kind of kick it off, though. I mean, did, when, when, when Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies debuted, was that your first experience, or was there... Uh, did you, had you read the books when you were in, co- in school or anything? Kind of g- give me your, your history, because it's probably fairly similar to mine. Oh... Yeah, it's probably fairly similar to yours, but, um, you know, we grew up with copies of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings in the house. Mm-hmm. Our father had them. And, yes, and he, you know, he was a, a, a fan of those, and so I had seen, like, I, I remembered seeing little bits of The Hobbit animated movie. Yeah, the Blaschke stuff. Yeah, and little bits of, of the Lord of the Rings ones. Um, but that that was kind of it. I'd, I'd never read them. And then, yeah, the, so the, the Peter Jackson films were really my first experience with it. My first kind of true, full-fledged experience with it. Yeah, that, that pretty much mirrors mine. It was, it was seeing Fellowship of the Rings for the first time in the theater uh, that... I, I I mean I you know like you I I had watched the Hobbit animated the Lord of the Rings animated with with Dad like on PBS or whatever when we were kids and I never really fully understood all of it I, I remember liking the animation but it 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 was strange it wasn't like it wasn't like any cartoon we'd ever seen at that point it was very yeah. it was very different and and you know slightly more adult oriented I suppose no but for sure That's... but I hadn't thought about it in in a million years uh, and then the you know I I had heard that Peter Jackson was making an adaptation. And even even the first trailer, I was like, "Well, it looks cool, but like, I don't know this this project's you know it, it's uh, everything I had heard about Lord of the Rings was that it was an like a, incredibly audacious uh, you know book to try and adapt, you know like everyone was like, oh he's out of his mind. There's no way this can happen, you know. Yeah. Um, so the first trailers come out, I'm like, well I'm intrigued, but like I started, sort of like bought the hype. I was like, this could be like a disaster though. Like who knows? But sitting there in the theater. Uh, I, this might be, I don't want to sound like I'm laying it on thick here, but it was like a fairly transformative experience for me because I was really sucked into that world in a way that I was not prepared to be. Right. That that first film in particular is just so completely engrossing um, that, that yeah, it, it sort of changed my perception of, of Tolkien's world forever. And I, I became very intrigued by it, enjoyed those films immensely. Uh, it got me to start reading... Uh, to read The Hobbit, to read Lord of the Rings books. Um, and I, I love them very, very much. 
but that's sort of the extent of my my uh, my my Tolkien scholarship, right? It stops there, right there, with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. That's all I kind of know. Uh, <laughs> and we won't talk about the Hobbit films because they are garbage. Yeah, less than less than stellar, less than yeah. stellar. But I lo- I love that book. The Hobbit as a novel is phenomenal, and it's a very insanely easy read too. You can you can polish that off in like three days. Um, <laughs> But good stuff. You, I think, on the other hand, I think you sort of delved, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you sort of delved more deeply into the Tolkien stuff after seeing those films. So you are a bit more of a Tolkien scholar than me. Is that correct? I, I More so than you? I, um, it's, yes. not, it's not hard to be more so than me, I'll be honest. Right. Um, I mean, I love it. And... Um, you know, I'm 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 still like really getting into it and kind of kind of diving into that stuff. I'm I'm currently reading the unfinished tales of Numenor and Middle Earth. I've read the Silmarillion, and I intend to read uh, Christopher Tolkien's histories of of Middle Earth. Like that's kind of that's how into it I am. Um, but um, you know, my Tolkien scholarship, I think. Just scratches the surface of other people's, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some people that that, that they run deep with the, with the Tolkien lore, you know. Like, yeah. th- I mean, there are are literal literal Tolkien scholars out there. Like that was not a word I just dropped casually. Like there are people who make it their career to study that man and his world and all the things he created, the Elvish language that he created, all these yeah. things. Like Tolkien's a really interesting fella. <laughs> I never saw that biopic about him though. Did you? With what's his face, Beast Nicholas Holt? <laughs> yeah, Nicholas yeah. Holt. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I never saw it. I just kind of, I don't know. It looked like a cash grab to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I never got around to it, and I sort of forgot about it until this show came out. I was like, oh yeah, Nicholas Holt was in that Tolkien biopic. I wonder if I should go back and watch it at some point. But I, I've seen enough documentaries on the man that I, I feel comfortable not watching it, so I'm okay. Right. All right. So. That being said, it, you know we definitely fall into like the fan category. So by and large, this series should have been should be a, an easy mark for for people like us. Um, let me let me before we dive into the show, let me kind of talk to you about like when you first heard this announced, how'd you feel, and then what was your reaction when you saw the first trailer? When I first heard it announced, I was very skeptical. Okay. I was just like, oh, I, I don't, I don't like that. Um, but I remembered them saying that they were going to stick to the second age of Middle Earth, where there was kind of more room to play. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, give it a fair shot. And when I saw the I, the first trailer, that teaser trailer that aired during the Super Bowl, that, that was very underwhelming. So, I mean, I didn't really think much of it. But then the two trailers that came out afterwards, I just thought, well, this doesn't look very good. <laughs> so I had the opposite reaction. I was, I was like very intrigued by those trailers. Like, hmm, all okay. right. Looks like Amazon put, you know, now I know why my Amazon Prime fees went up because they put all that money into this. I mean, it... it uh, might be, the, might be the best looking show on Amazon. I, you know, pretty, a, pretty easily. I would. What looks better, 
I mean, I don't watch much on it. <laughs> so, so you're just throwing you're just throwing hand grenades already. You're like, whatever, walk away. Well, <laughs> no, I'm like, just because ultimately, I'm not really. I, I know some people are saying like, yeah, it looks good, and like, yeah, it does look good. But at the end of the day, I I I think it just looks a little too crisp and clean and pretty. And I just think to myself like, eh, no, I, like this should be kind of hard and ugly. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, let, let, that, that seems like as, as good a segue as any to kind of like start talking about the show itself. Um, because I sort of, you know, my, my sort of take on what you were just saying there about like how it's kind of a cleaner, crisper, prettier looking world, the way I sort of interpret it. And again, you have read more of the books than I have. I have not even scratched the surface of the, of the similar, sim, I can't even say it. Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion. Thank you. My goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a disease, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't scratched the surface of anything uh from that time. I you know anything I know of the second ages is from like the appendices of of Lord the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh sure. so to me, like the, the the way I sort of looked at it was like, oh well yeah, it's a second age, it's it's a little bit of a more pristine world after in in the like, sort of the aftermath of Morgoth, right? When that's who they defeated, and now we're like a couple hundred years removed from defeating that Dark Lord, right? A thousand, couple thousand. A couple thousand. Okay. Well, I mean, it's so. So this show is condensing timelines. Okay. And the in in the books, the the rings of power are forged about 1600 years into the second age but the show makes it sound like this is all kind of going on like a few hundred years after after the start of the second age yeah i mean the first episode of the show covers a lot of ground you know you get a lot of background material and uh, the the timeline moves at at a pace where i'm sort of like I, i don't know how much time's passing from the events that are describing to kind of like where the show kind of starts proper I, you know, I don't know exactly when it is that that um, you know the elves first leave Valinor to come to Middle Earth, and then they fight Morgoth, and then it's like, okay, how many well, years since they, Morgoth was defeated? Well, so the, the when when the leaves the leaves when the elves <laughs> when the elves leave Valinor, and not all of them leave, only right? Some of them, leave, but when they leave Valinor, when the Noldor leave Valinor, that's the start. Of the first age, yeah. there's eons of history before that, right? But and, and so the first age is about two thousand years, okay? And yeah, and then you get get the second age. And I, I should mention for anyone listening to the show who's not super well versed on Lord of the Rings terminology, just go to Wikipedia and get and get like the the glossary because yeah we're gonna drop words like Valinor and Numenor and all these things you're like what the f are these nerds talking about because it's 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 a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> like, I mean we can we can do our best to explain it Valinor is the 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 undying lands where uh the Valar which Okay, yeah, maybe we maybe we should not. Just go. That's a whole thing. Yeah, find a wiki. It's just gonna save us all a lot of time. (laughs) I was sort of thinking earlier in the the week when 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 I was doing like this, uh, sort of to get like my mental prep for the show was is like, 
how much more complicated is going to be just talking about Tolkien's world building versus Frank Herbert's Dune world building? Because, I mean, these guys are laying so much brick in their books. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But Tolkien might be the undisputed master of world building. Like he, I, th- I mean, I think he is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has books about the bricks that he's building, about how he, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a lot. It's, it's a lot. This guy, again, I mean, they call him the master, I suppose. Right. So like he, he put his, he put his life's work into this, creating this right. whole world. It, it's, and it's evident. Right. It is like hyper detailed. Uh, he covers a lot of ground. He does leave some things vague, which I think is the, is the area that they're trying to play around in. With, with with certain things like not being super, you know, sort of being ambiguous in in the in the in the Second Age Chronicles, <laughs> if you will. But you know, the thing is, the thing is though, is that the Second Age is a lot more fleshed out than what people want you to believe. Okay. So, and and that's where a lot of the stuff in this show is rubbing up against me. All right, so let, let me let me let's get right to the point here. Like you. I am enjoying the show. I I'm, it's 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 pacing. It's got some pacing quirks. It's a little on the slow side, but I'm enjoying the show. You, however, are not. And I'd yeah. love for you to dive into your your reasons why. I mean, I think, I, I think just within the first fifteen minutes of the show, I was just like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean. You know, so that the first episode starts with a prologue and it is such a clunky prologue. It's like a 16 minute long prologue. And then you get the title card. Like, I thought they just weren't going to do a title card in that opening episode. But then like 16 minutes in, it's like the rings of power. And I just thought, okay, bad choice there. Um You know, but I, I think so they, they gloss over stuff from the Silmarillion, which some of it I understand why they did, but it kind of annoyed me that that they did like they didn't talk about the um, the kin slaying at Arisea. They didn't talk about the curse of Mondos, which is why the Noldor once they Good. Once they leave Valinor to go to Middle Earth, they can't go back. Um, and I, I feel like that was kind of important and should have at least been mentioned. But then, but then, they within that prologue they make it sound like Galadriel's brother Finrod is killed by Sauron at the end of the First Age. And that Finrod was hunting Sauron. Yes. I that, that was your assessment of that? I think that's my recollection of it as well, yes. That is so completely wrong. <laughs> like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Finrod, Finrod dies in the midst of the Second Age. He's not hunting Sauron. He more or less gets waylaid waylaid is the wrong word but he's helping Baron uh, who the fuck is Baron? Sne- Baron so Baron is uh, one of well by the time you get to the end of, of the third age he's one of 
three men who marries an elf, ah, right? Okay. So he was in love with Luthien Tenuviel, who is the daughter of King Thing Thingol, who's the king of Doriath, whatever. That's all nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're just going down these rabbit holes and you're just falling into them. You're, I love this. So, <laughs> so, so, so Fenrod is helping Baron because Baron, who loves Luthien, was tasked in, in order to to sort of win Luthien's or, or in order to win Luthien's father's approval, he has to get a Silmarillion from Morgoth. He has to steal one of the Silmarillion from Morgoth. And, and That's the what, only way he's going to be able to marry Luthien. All right. Well, and for context, so what is a Silmarillion? The Silmarillion. The Silmarillion. So it's three jewels. They are three jewels, and within these jewels are the light of the trees of Valinor. And they're all that remains of the light of the trees of Valinor because Morgoth, when he fled... Valinor destroyed the two trees. Right, and they, they, they show that in that opening thing, right? More more or less. More or less. And yeah. and again, that you know, just one of those things, that, you know, it's very vague. It shows like a shadow coming over the land and the tree dying. When in the book it's just much more brutal and and, and fun. But um but but so 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 so, so yeah, so so Finrod is helping is helping Baron go to um uh, the the land of Morgoth to Thangorodrim, which is Morgoth's fortress, and on the way, um, they pass by Sauron's fortress, and they're disguised as orcs. And Sauron says, "Hey, why aren't those orcs reporting in?" So he has them brought in, and eventually he he throws them into pits, and Finrod is killed by a werewolf. A werewolf. Within the, yeah, there's werewolves. Oh. Yeah, and and yeah, Finrod is is killed in the pits because Sauron is torturing them. He wants information from them because he know he doesn't quite know who they are, but he knows they're important. Um, so yeah, he's he put, he puts some werewolves into the pits to eat everybody. And and they're like werewolves, and the one guy's like their wolf, and many laughs for had. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so okay, okay. So, so yeah, so, but in in I bring one of the reasons why I bring this up is not just to say that okay that's wrong that that what they do in the Rings of Power is wrong that it differs from the books it does but at the same time the Rings of Power is making this to be such an important event in Galadriel's life that she then goes on this quest for revenge, but that never. Like that never happens, and so her her motivation for what she's doing, in my opinion, in the show is all wrong. Yeah, and so, it doesn't make sense. So I, I was I was gonna I was gonna kind of elaborate on that a little bit. So it it sounds like what they did was they wanted to give her like some sort of motivating thing, and obviously obviously we're having Galadriel as a character because it's, it's a character that we can reference back to Lord of the Rings. So like right. we're, you know as as an audience familiar with with Peter Jackson's films, we can kind of connect with this young Galadriel, but it seems to me from what you're saying, they sort of grafted a very human uh, component onto her with, with this, this revenge narrative to sort of make, you know, uh, hunt Sauron to the edge, the ends of middle earth to avenge her, her fallen brother kind of thing. Right. Which again, I, I, I do agree. It does feel a bit un elf like 
from what we have known of them in, in the other films even, even just sticking with the films, the, the yeah. elves have been um, coolly detached, if, if nothing else. And, and it, it did seem odd that they kind of grafted the very human trait onto her. Well, it, it, it's, it's not that it, it's not a human, it, it's not that it's a strictly human trait because they're like the, the Feanor who, he's the one who, who created the Silmarillion. Like he was an asshole. Like he went nuts after Morgoth stole the Silmarillion, right? And his, his children were kind of the same way. Like they were jerks as well. And well, I'm not saying so, elves aren't assholes. I mean, we've seen plenty of that in Lord of the Rings too. Well, no, no, no. But, but I mean, like Feanor was very much like, he was very much about revenge because when okay. Morgoth stole the Silmarillion, he also killed uh, Feanor's father. So, so like you, if you want to have that motivation for an elf, that's fine. But for Gal- Galadriel, I I don't think it works because, um, first off, like the, like during the first age in Middle Earth, she spends a lot of her time with uh, Melian, who is I, I mentioned King Thingol, that's King Thingol's wife, and she's a Maya, so she is. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of have to talk about the Valar. The Valar are basically kind of like angels, essentially, right? Yeah. And Maya, Maya are kind of like one step below that. And is is, is that not what Morgoth was too? Morgoth was Valar. Sauron okay. is a Maya. So, okay, that's what it was. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope everyone's got their flowchart at home because yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, getting sorry, it's getting crazy. But 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 but. But so Galadriel is spending all this time during the first stage learning wisdom and uh, learning magic from from Melian. And it's just her character would have been more evolved by the point that things get to the second age. That I it just it doesn't it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And and my my other problem with it is that Galadriel had lots of brothers. She had like four brothers. I think all of them die. <laughs> you know, she's not she's not going out for revenge for any of them okay, okay. at any point. Uh, is um, there's a lot of characters on this show? Yes. Is is Galadriel's story the one that's bumping up against you the most, or is there any element to the show that you're enjoying? Or and and by that extent, uh, is is the changes is the is the is are, are the are, I was going to say a different word, but I don't want to. Uh, I'll just go with changes. Are, are the alterations they're making to the source material your main sticking point? I, I would say they are probably my, my biggest problem with the show. I, For one thing, I, I really don't understand it because my understanding is, is that Amazon basically, what they have the rights to is The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and The Appendices. They... They don't have the. It's interesting because they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion. Um, they, this was discussed in the Vanity Fair article hmm. that uh, the showrunners did. Huh. Okay. And they're saying so. It's kind of bizarre. So wait, you don't have the rights to the Silmarillion or the Unfinished Tales. Those are the two primary books that deal with the Second Age. 
and you're trying to write a story about the Second Age purely based on the appendices in Return of the King. Well, and my understanding also is that that the, the you know the Tolkien estate is very uh, hands on. Like they're not gonna, you know, if they were doing anything egregious though, they would shut it down, right? Is that? Well, but but that's the thing. I mean, I I mean, I think I've already discussed some pretty egregious things that they're doing, and what's interesting. So, one particular Tolkien scholar who was working with Amazon on Lord of the Rings, Tom Shippey, uh, was fired. Oh. From the production, probably because he probably because he sounded a lot like you. <laughs> well, in well, that's the thing. At the time, what Amazon said was he had given an interview to I think it was a German publication, and in that interview, supposedly, he kind of discussed what Amazon uh, could and couldn't do, as vague as that sounds. Okay. And according to Amazon, that was a breach of an NDA. Okay. non-disclosure agreement and so he was sacked but the rumor was or is that shippy was pushing back against a lot of the changes that they were making and i think and after seeing the show thus far i'm inclined to believe those rumors that he was kind of like this is not what are you doing <laughs> well i mean there's also the the story that that uh, peter jackson's put out there because uh, obviously they wanted to have like a like a visual continuity with the jackson films so that, yeah. that i think they do a really good job of kind of carrying over that visual style that that jackson brought to his trilogy and i guess yeah. even the hobbits if you want to if you want to count that yeah but I, I, I guess at one point that you know Amazon or someone at Amazon had said they were gonna like send him some scripts over or whatever just to for him to kind of peruse, and then the, he's like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. I'll be happy to to check that out. That'd be cool. And then they just, they just completely fucking ghost him and never never get back to him or anything like that. Yeah, I mean that's just <laughs> that's not surprising. Um, yeah, I, I I think they just a hundred percent don't care about the source material. I I think I think they're just taking. Uh, the milestones and they're rearranging them and compiling them in ways that that's not that's not true to to Tolkien and um, and yeah they're they're just expanding on characters in ways that I think uh, are not are are not appropriate for those characters in particular for Galadriel. Sure. Um, no, I mean you know. what, what you're saying makes sense, and, and I see where you're coming from. I think for me, it's 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 because I don't have that familiarity with the source material that I'm not as like hyper connected to it, and I'm just kind of enjoying the show for what it is. And I sure. know like I have, I can go read the books whenever I want, and they have the thing. That's like, I, for for our listeners out there who may or may not remember Peter Jackson, there there was controversy around Peter Jackson's film because. There was a whole segment of, of the fandom that was all pissed off that Tom Bombadil wasn't in the trilogy. And it's like, fuck off. Like, Tom well, Bombadil is like a waste of 50 pages. I mean, it's it's fun to read, but, like, you don't need that in the picture. Well, it, yeah, exactly. I think, so, you know, that's the thing. When I when I read The Lord of the Rings, like, I, I loved the movies. And, you know, I, I think seeing Fellowship of the Ring in theaters for the first time for me was, like... I can only, from what I've heard about people seeing Star Wars in 77. Sure. You know, like that was like my 77 Star Wars moment for me. That yeah, was yeah. like, I was floored. And so when I, when I finally got around to reading The Lord of the Rings, 
I, w- I was disappointed because I was like, oh, I really wish they had included this stuff, you know, <laughs> but I think, but you're right, like Tom Bombadil, it's all, he's only in Fellowship of the Ring. And to my knowledge, there's really nothing else written about him. And it's kind of like, okay, why, yeah, like that doesn't need to be in in the movies and, and I think Peter Jackson for all the changes that they made I think they still pretty much stuck true to, yeah. to the books yeah well I mean again not to spend too much time in in those movies but I feel like the, I feel like the Bombadil scene in the book is, is is sort of a slippery slope too because you know they're they're the, the films are trying to convey a sense of urgency to do the tasks that everyone in the in the fellowship has to do but the, the 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 books those events take course over many 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 years, like all these things happen over a slow time. Like the you know the hobbits hide out with Bombadil for like a year and a half or two years or some shit like that because his lands is somehow protected from the Nazgul. So like they're like laying low there for a really long time. Are you checking something? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember them being there for that long. I thought the Lord, like, yes, Peter Jackson did condense it, but I thought I thought in the books, the Lord of the Rings, it, it took about the course of a year. But, but I might be mis- I thought, totally I, misremembering. I thought that, it was longer so. than that because, like, you know, again, they're they're walking everywhere, and <laughs> Middle Earth is big. That's true. <laughs> but uh, again, it's it's been a hot minute since I've read the book, so maybe my recollection my recollection isn't as uh, uh, sturdy as yours on it. But I sort of yeah. sort of remember like they they lay, they laid low there as long as they could before Hobbit or before uh, before Hobbit before <laughs> before Bilbo started feeling like super fucking guilty about not Frodo. doing his yeah Frodo. Sorry, what did I say? Bilbo. Bilbo, sorry. Frodo, Frodo started feeling guilty about like not getting to, you know, not finding Gandalf and doing all these things yet. About being such a lazy jerk. I don't know. Again, like, I could be misremembering things. And and but I, I feel like that sense of of, of a of, of a sort of condensed timeline also carries over to this show because things again for a slow, show that's kind of again paced oddly, um, it does feel like they're trying to get things done in, in a short amount of time right well yeah and i mean again so you know just just so you go back to peter jackson's films real quick yeah. you know like like it's it's one thing to condense so you know if, if they're there with tom bombadil for like a year and a half or two years or something you know, it, it's it's one thing to to condense that story like a few years down and i and i also know in the books it, it it took a lot more time for gandalf to realize uh that frodo had the one ring um right yeah y- you know but, but that's in the movie though i don't think they actually needed to condense that because that's kind of before the story really gets started but that's just an aside yeah so again like Peter Jackson is condensing much less time. What they're condensing in in the Rings of Power is that they're condensing about two thousand years of history, right? And it just it, it's it's just annoying. It's it, it's not that it it I'm it's not that it's wrong to do so, you know. But it's just kind of annoying because I feel like you're you're robbing this story of its epic breadth. Interesting. Interesting. Like I said, I'm enjoying the show, so I don't quite feel the same way. But I understand where you're coming from. 
and 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 I want to put it on Front Street. I want to give you. Uh, 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 I kind of want to hear your your t- take on this. I'm very curious, uh, your opinion. I hope you don't feel like uh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm putting you on on center stage here. But I just want to be clear that that my brother Mark is not enjoying the show because of the source material and not because there are elves and dwarves of color in this show. Like so many people seem to be screaming about on the internet. Like the idea of a black elf or a black dwarf is just offensive to all of them. Correct. I mean, you don't feel that way. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Um, like, so I, I mean, we can kind of go into that because I mean, um, you know, as for the hobbits and for the, like the descriptions in the books of the dwarves, like Tolkien, to my knowledge, never mentions a particular skin color. Um, for the hobbits, he originally there were like kind of three bands of hobbits. There were there were the Harfoots. There were the I'm forgetting the other two names, the Soots, and something else. Well, in in this show, we focus on the Harfoots. We're har- we're focusing on the Harfoots, who I call the proto hobbits. What's that? Who I call the proto hobbits in this? Yeah, I think that's what that's what everyone's kind of calling them. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not I'm not being original then. Okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, I mean that's more or less what they are, you know. The the, the 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 hobbits in concerning hobbits at the beginning of at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring are described as being browner skinned than other hobbits. Yeah. So you can. You can interpret that in a number of ways. Does that just mean browner than like pale white people, or does that mean actual like brown skin? Or does it fucking it's, matter? It does. It, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean that too. You know, and and so yeah, it's it's fine. And again, we don't really have descriptions of of the dwarves. Um, there is there is some debate about the elves, though. I mean, there are pat there there is a passage in the appendix of Fellowship of the Ring that. No, I'm sorry, of Return of the King that says all of the elves are fair-skinned. But kind of like you said, does does it matter? Yeah, does it does it really fucking matter? Does it does it hurt you that to give give representation to a people? I I don't think it does. <laughs> I think this is fucking one of the stupider arguments the internet's ever had, which in 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 this day of the internet having stupid arguments. I mean, there's a lot of them. But I, 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 I will relay a funny story. I don't know if you've heard about this much. But, uh, uh, you know, earlier this summer, Netflix released, you know, the first season of The Sandman, Neil Gaiman's uh, epic, his, his, yep. his DC Comics, Vertigo Comics epic. Uh, the first season's been adapted. And, and people came after him for characters being, you know, cast as, as with, you know, of, with people of color as opposed to what they were in the comics. And he had to defend himself and defend the choices and defend the actors. And he has no problem doing that, right? But yeah. my favorite thing was when people came after him <laughs> and, and being like, why are you letting people change your, your characters in Lord of the Rings? And he's like, I didn't fucking write Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> like, I'll defend it till my dying breath. <laughs> Let's go. People started coming after Neil Gaiman as a creator of Lord of the Rings. And, and asking him all these questions about like why are, why is he cool with the black elves and, and stuff like that and he has, he's actually quoting the source material like you said of, of the Harfoots and the, you know of a darker skin and things like that he's actually you know referencing these things he's like stop just stop right and, and he has no problem calling people racist on the internet it's pretty hilarious I love it I'm not 
<laughs> Again, you and I can't throw those stones, but if Neil wants to, I have no problem with it. No, I just don't know. Again, I, I, I mean, you know, I just, I just kind of see both sides of it, and I, I don't, I, I don't like the throwing around of, of the term racist. Like, yes, there are plenty of racist people out there who have taken this position, but you know, yeah, I, I mean. I, like I said, I mean, the source material is the source material. If, if you want to, if you want that world, if you think that's your, if that's your interpretation of the book, that's your interpretation, you know, right or wrong. Um, but again, we're we're talking about a movie. We're talking about a TV show here, and I have zero issue with representation. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't care. I I think it's important for people to be able to see people they they can relate to. And that's just my two cents on it. I mean, I don't. I agree with that, but at the same time, I also think that you should be able to relate to people for more than just the color of their skin. I, you know, I, I suppose ideally, but I think we're coming at it from, uh, this is, I'm, 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 I'm ice skating uphill on this one. So, (laughs) But we're coming from a position where we've had representation for a really long time on the screen, and and I don't feel like um, it's not a hill I want to die on. You know what I mean? Like I have no problem with the representation. Yeah. Make it happen. I have seen people like me on TV and movies forever and ever and ever. Everyone else should be getting their turn. It does not bother me because I can connect to the characters of 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 color in different ways. Like you're like you're talking about. You know right. that works for me. I you know uh, um, who who's the who's the um uh the the elf ranger guy the Aaron Deer Aaron Deer Aaron Deer I can understand that guy's plight just because I don't look like him I don't care I know where he's coming from I get it well you know I I'll go so far as to say like I he's kind so we're having this discussion after episode four, four. just came out yes. Episode four, I was a little, uh, but the first three episodes, uh, I was enjoying the Aron Ar- Deer character. That jailbreak in episode three, I thought was awesome with the elves fighting against the orcs. I loved it, man. Him running across the chains and like throwing those knives and all that shit was awesome. It looked great. Yeah, that was cool, but it also had <laughs> orcs being burned by sunlight, and I was just like, um, "Okay, but, but wait, is it, okay, okay?" So wait, is that not source material? Then I thought that was kind of an no. established fact that the orcs don't like the sun. They don't like the sun, but it doesn't burn them. Well, I don't, it doesn't yeah. like set them on. They're not vampires. I, don't, I didn't think it set them on fire. They just like, their eyes. They can't started hit. smoking. Smoke came off of their arm. Well, that one he had like butter on his skin, so he got, just got really hot. mm Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I didn't think he was going to burst into flames or anything like that. It just, it, I mean, he 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 started smoking, he hissed, and he went back under the, the tent. Well, again, I just sort of thought that was because, like, hey, the sun. Fuck the like, sun. I'm, I'm just, I, I hate it. And, and then in episode four, they have a little bit where it's like the orcs, even though they know, they know that these guys that are on deer uh, – Bronwyn is Bronwyn, that name? I think it's Bronwyn. Bronwyn and Theo, I think is the kid's name. They know that they have the thing that they're looking for, which is this hilt that apparently belonged to Sauron. Right. Um, 
And all they have to do is run out into the sun to get them. And they, they don't do it. And I was just like, maybe, maybe second age orcs are just really soft, Mark. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, we're not talking about the the Urukai or anything. We're talking about just no. We're not, ta- we're not talking about the we're not talking about the Urukai. But I mean, again, you know, you go to the Silmarillion and there are all these battles, um, you know, that take place in the daylight, and the orcs are fighting, and the orcs are winning. You know, it's like the, you know, like like yes, the orcs don't like the sunlight, but it doesn't it doesn't burn them. <laughs> like it just gets silly. <laughs> It's just like okay, the orcs are vampires. Great. I I, I don't know. I I'm enjoying that that particular storyline. For some reason, I'm really enjoying spending more time with the orcs. <laughs> I, I'm having a good time with that element. Like I think that's one of the one of the elements to the show that I actually really really enjoyed is that we're spending a lot more time with the different races than we did in the movies where we're kind of moving around quickly from story to story. Like we're spending time with the elves. We're spending time with the dwarves, which I think has been really cool. Hanging out with Durin and Khazad Dun, you know, stuff like that. I've really, I've really enjoyed that. You know, the, the stuff with the Harfoots has been cool. I, and I, I, and I, I think one of the things that I do kind of butt up against, and I'm, I'm curious your opinion, uh, as, as, as the more scholarly of the two of us for Tolkien, um, this, there is sort of like this weird echo effect going on with the show where they seem to want to try and fit Lord of the Rings archetypes onto characters in the Second Age. Like with this Lost King of the of the Southland humans. Oh, I can't. I, yeah. You know, it's like we it's like all of a sudden we need like a sort of like Aragon of this age too, apparently. Aragorn. Aragorn. God damn it. <laughs> I'm tired. I've been up since four. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, there is sort of like this weird trying to like horn chewing of, of archetypes on on or, or familiar characters into this age, I suppose. That one being probably the most obvious. It's horrible, and um, because like, like okay, we're just going to do Aragorn again now. I do wonder. Maybe they'll end up making him. I, if they if they do a silly Lost King story again, like that, that's just going to be awful because it's just like okay, it's it's Aragorn again, but but in the Second Age. Um, so I'm wondering if, and if, at this point, I feel like they probably should. Maybe they're leading us in that direction, but he's going to end up becoming one of the Ring Rings. I mean, yeah, I, I think there, I think there's actually quite a few red herrings going on in this show, and and we'll we'll talk about those a little bit more. I, I was sort of curious though if, if you had, again, as as sort of my 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 source material guy, um, in, in this second age, is is that sort of is is this is what they're depicting with humans with with the world of men, uh, you know, as it's as it's often coined, um, accurate? Like, are there the the followers? Of of the you know the humans aside with Morgoth are now sort of like in disarray. They're sort of observed by the elves, and then you have like the sort of high end humans, man, you know, the, of of Numenor, right? Like the sort of idealistic, best of the best, cream of the crop kind of kind of humans yeah. over in Numenor. Is that is that fairly accurate, or is that not so much? No, more more or less, that's that's accurate. Because um, I did the, think I did think that was sort of interesting. Uh, that they're that that humans are still sort of divided, but in a very different way than they are in the third age, 
where they're just sort of scattered. Yeah. So, um, the, 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 sorry, no, I, I threw no, you off. Yeah. But, but, um, so the, okay, okay sorry. So, so the books never go into like the, the elves are like, they have like particular watchtowers and are kind of governing, governing the men of the East and the South for having sided with, with Morgoth. But it, it does say somewhere in there, I forget where, but it does say how like the elves never forgot that. Right. They were just kind of like, like, fuck those people. Right. Um, okay. And, and yeah, so the, the Numenorean, so what happens in the, in, in, in the first age is that, you know, the first age starts and you have the elves fighting Morgoth. And eventually what happens is three houses of men uh, come across the, the, the Blue Mountains, the, the, the Arid Luwin, and um, those houses side with the elves against Morgoth because they were coming out of the east where Morgoth was completely dominant. And so they, they sided with the elves and fought with the elves. And then in the final war against Morgoth, Again, they, they fought with the elves, and the Valar rewarded um, these three houses of men who were known as the Dying. They uh, rewarded them with the island of Numenor, and they extended their lifespans so that they were they lived for four or five hundred years. Right, and that's the that's like the bloodline that Aragorn is from. That's why he's sort yes. of more long lived than other humans. Yes. Like he, he's much older than he appears in the in the films, and they, they don't really talk about that so much they don't really bother to cover that in the in the films but yeah they, but aragorn's kind of like he's an older gentleman than, than he would appear yeah i think he's supposed to be like around 80 at the time of lord of the Rings. right i think that's i think that's my recollection of it as well yeah so you got you got these numenor humans and and you know we get we, we we've spent a decent amount of time in their society uh in in the show and i've i've really sort of liked again i sort of have liked seeing that uh and and, and seeing how like there's a a legitimate factioning of of, the, of humans, you know, the ones who were with Morgoth and the, and the ones who fought against him, and, and sort of like the consequences of of each of those actions. You know how half half of humanity is now sort of under watch of the elves. Like you know, I know you said it's not the source material, but that's sort of like what what's happening now. It's like the men can't be trusted; they have to be watched, kind of thing. And then you have these ones over here who are like, oh yeah, no, they're they're cool. So like they're gonna get all these blessings and become like very uh, prosperous and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, again, it, it's kind of one of those, it, it, it's one of the liberties that they have taken that I'm like, okay, like that, that fits. I'm okay with that. Uh, in, in the battle against Morgoth, uh, were dwarves part of it? Yes. Okay. They were part of it too. Okay. That's what I thought, but I wanted to be clear. Yeah. The, the Silmarillion, um, it does, you know. It, it it talks about the dwarves, but the the main players are are the elves and and the men. But but the dwarves are there. I I have really enjoyed spending time with Doran, hanging out in Kazadun, uh, uh, meeting his uh, princess Disa. I think is a really fun character. I, I I like seeing more of the dwarf culture. You know, like that battle they had with the axes and splitting stones and stuff. I liked all that shit. I don't know how you felt about it. Um, I I like Doran. So far, um, I like spending time with the dwarves. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of 
princess. <laughs> she just she's just kind of overbearing to me. I'm I, I, I'm sort of intrigued by this idea that that they talked about in, in the episodes, like this whole like resonance mining thing. I want I'm hoping they'll explore that a little bit more, but I'm sure that's not in the in the books at all. Um, but I sort of, but I also I also sort of like the dynamic between Durin and Elrond, the young Elrond that we're getting to see. Another character that we're we're connected to from the original Peter Jackson films. Um, I've I've liked that a lot. I like exploring that. I don't know what what do you know what the hell they're building? Well, you know why the elves had to recruit the dwarves to build this giant towery thing. I mean, they pretty much explained it in the first one. Did did they? Did I miss it? Yeah, they're building a smith. It's what the idea is that that's where they're going to forge the rings of power. Okay. So okay. 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 That it, okay. That is a question I had for you because I was under the impression that that Sauron forges the rings. Am I wrong? So what happens is, is are, are, are we getting into major spoilers? Should I tell people to plug their ears? Stop listening. <laughs> uh, I mean, more or less. Hey, the but, book's only a thousand years old. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> yeah, but um, no. Basically, what happens is, is like at, 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 after the end of the first age, you know, Sauron, he's He's laying low, um, and then eventually he he makes himself into a fair form, and I forget what he called himself, but he kind of goes around the land, around Middle Earth, like offering gifts, um, and he approaches uh, Celebrimbor of of the elves who who, who, we've who, met. who we've met, yeah, who wants to build this tower, this forge that you're saying, yeah, and he's. He's supposed to be one of the greatest craftsmen of the elves since Feanor, who forged the Silmarillion. So, um, so, so Sauron, in under this guise, convinces Celebrimbor and the elves of Eregion to forge these rings of power that are going to help make Middle Earth as fair and beautiful as Valinor. But in secret, okay. Sauron forges the One Ring in to rule them all. Yes. Oh. In okay. Mount Doom in Mordor. So, like that's how, as Galadriel says in, in the prologue, they were all of them deceived. Right. Okay. So again, so that's, that's my own mind connecting dots that really weren't there. That that Sauron forged the rings and sort of tricked them all. Like he played good guy. Not so much, but I mean, he tricks yeah. them, but not in the way that I was thinking, not in the overt way I was thinking. It's more, yeah, more like, subterfuge. Yes, like that that prologue at the beginning of the Jackson films make it sound like he forged all of the rings and then kind of distributed them, but yeah. it was it was with the help of the elves that he forged the rings. Yeah, so yeah, so he okay, so he gets the Celebrimbor to make the rings, and then he's like, surprise, motherfucker, I got this one. Yeah, I think so, I think yeah, it's a, that, I think it's that, a, that's a direct one, quote, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the <laughs> one he forges on his own. Um, but what and, and what happens though is that that the elves, after he forges the one, when the elves wear the rings that they made, they can feel Sauron, and that's when they realize that they were tricked. And okay. so they take they take the rings off. They're like, no, we don't we don't want any part of this. Um, but they they also understand that they have to protect the rings. But then at that point, war breaks out in Middle Earth because Sauron wants his rings back. All right. Well, let's let's okay. Let's, so let's play this game. Uh, 
have we have we unknowingly met Sauron on the show? I don't think so. They they seem to be kind of like trying to hint around that maybe we have. And I yeah. do I do think they're trying to like laying some some red herrings here and there to kind of throw us off the trail. Yeah. Uh, um you know cuz you know obviously there was a big one there a, a big they tried to hint very strongly that uh and this is going to lead into my next question here. Uh that that the you know the falling star was was Sauron returning, which leads me to my next question. Who who is the man who fell from the sky? Because um, I because I feel like this is going to open another can of worms if you say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> I mean, the implication seems to be that it's Gandalf or one of the one of the wizards. Sorry, one of the one of the wizards. Now, you know. In the source material, the first in the source material, the wizards don't arrive until the third age. Yes, I did read up on this before we did the podcast because I got very curious about this, <laughs> about yeah. this very topic for the show. Yeah. But I, and, I, I am enjoying the stranger and the Harfoot thing, and it, again, like you said, it, it feel, I know you hate it. I know you hate it. If and it feel again, I understand why because I know that it's it's very anti source material. It, 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 it's anti source material. I just don't think it's particularly done very well. Just. I don't know. Within, There's something about it I I'm enjoying. Like something about it like is resonating with me in a way. I, and, I find I, I I I find those two hobbitses really annoying. They're Harfoots. They're not hobbits yet. Harfoot. <laughs> that's just like a clan. <laughs> just messing around. Oh, you're so literal. You're like Drax. <laughs> just like nothing goes over your head because you would reach up and catch it. That's right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like, like I said, I, the implication seems to be that it's Gandalf. But again, they tried to throw you off track by suggesting that it is perhaps Sauron returning, and then you sort of context. You, you sort of like, oh, well, he did kill all those fireflies. That's kind of weird. But I, I do think you are right. Or I, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to see. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I'm happy to go along for the ride. But I, it does seem like a fairly big. Um, change from the material if they were to introduce the wizards in the second age. I do agree with you on that. So that's why I'm a, a tad concerned if it right. were to be Gandalf or, or, or even Sauron or, or Radagast or any of the, the other wizards. Yeah. Because, yeah, I did read a big article explaining the Ishtari and, and how they didn't show up until after Sauron's defeat. Ishtari? What did I call him? You said Ishtari, like the movie Ishtar. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking of. I was like, yeah, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman. Fuck yeah, get on a camel, bro. Let's go. I haven't even seen it. I just know of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why don't you take over the podcast today and I'll just sit here and answer questions. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> because I don't have the answers. That's this why. This is your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently I'm sucking at it today. <laughs> I can't say shit. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> All right. So you are disliking us. Is that is that the storyline you are disliking the most thus far in the show? At times, interesting. Um, but I, I just I dislike this depiction of Galadriel so much that. I'm like in pain watching it <laughs> a lot of the time. 
And I guess I should make this clear. It has nothing to do with the fact that she's wielding a sword, right? Like, I know there are some people that are like, oh, my God, she's like a warrior and stuff. And it's like, I don't, again, I don't have a problem with that aspect of her. It's more of just her characterization and her motivations and, you know, like, I... Yeah, I mean, yeah, she, it, she can she can use a sword if she wants to. That like that that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I again, I don't have that sort of issue with the character. My my bump up bump up ups against her are just more sort of in like her personality. But I think they want us to feel that way about her. They sort of want us to see this younger, headstrong, hyper driven, but sort of. You know, just, arrogant and, and all-knowing without actually being right about anything kind of person. It just doesn't, but that's, it just doesn't make sense. I know, but I think, that, they're, I think they're trying to, like, contrast the Galadriel that we know by showing her as this young, impetuous, you know, believing that everything she's doing is the right thing kind of person. I, I, I get it. I just think, like, you're, you're 2,000 years too late. <laughs> or maybe 3,000 years too late for that story. I feel like she basically went through that by this, by this time. Um, yeah, there's something else we're going to add to that, but, uh, let me, I wanted to ask you a, a geography question. Um, because a, a lot of, we're spending a lot of time with the storyline in, in the Southlands of Middle Earth. Uh, yeah. is that not where Mordor will be? Is Mordor not on the table just yet? Is it not a place? It seems to be, they seem to be hinting to it as a location, but it's not actually Mordor yet. Yeah, that that's that's what they're they're going for. But again, as, as I said, with like the condensing of the timelines, they're like by by this point in time, by the time that Muriel is uh, the heir to the king of Numenor, uh, Mordor is established. Sauron is known to be around. Uh, in fact, he's been at war with Middle Earth for. A thousand years, more than a thousand years, I think, by that point. Um, so, all right. So we got we got this Halbrand character, who is like supposedly like the lost king of of, of man from the Southlands of Middle Earth. Uh, like you said, I mean, we know that we know that Mordor's a location. We've, we've sort of figured out that this weird sigil that's been in the first three episodes is actually representative of Mordor on the map, um, yes. which also tells us that. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no Gondor yet, right? Correct. Gondor is not established until after the fall of Numenor. Right. So we have this Halbrand character who's like the lost king of the men of the south. Uh, we have been to Numenor. We have met Isildur, who we know will be the descent, is, is the ancestor of Aragorn. Yes. And and his sister. So we know at some point there's going to be a coming. Who doesn't exist. I, that was a question I had for you. Does this, how, But neither, I don't think this Halbrand character exists either, does he? No. Okay, so they're coming up with a way to kind of like make this commingled bloodline, right? Of like, eventually the men will come together, uh, the bloodlines of of Numenor, the bloodlines of the Southlands, right, kind of thing, so that we can make Aragorn down the road. <laughs> Is that what they're kind of hinting what are you at? Talking about that's um, at some point, like these guys have to come like. This, they're introducing are you, this Aragorn. Are you saying that Isildur's sister is going to get it on with Halbrand? Yes. No. <laughs> Isildur, Aragorn is Isildur's heir. Right. But I'm saying like there has like, somebody has to step up and be the the first king of Gondor, right? Like who's it going to be? Isildur. 
Oh, so Isildur found, found, is like the founder of Gondor too? Him and his brother, Anarion. I think that's his name, Anarion. Who, who, who we've not met in the show, but we have heard of a brother. We've heard of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like they 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 found Gondor. So like during during the Second Age, um, you know the the Numenorians interact with Middle Earth, and there there are there are harbors established. And after the downfall, that's where Isildur and his brother end up, and then they kind of build off of what's already been built there to establish Gondor. What well, Isildur it's... and Isildur and his brother both they it's kind of like a Dual rule. Well, okay, so it sort of sounds like, from what we've seen of Numenor in this in this show, that they're sort of like isolationists. Like they don't want to be a part of anything. Or am I misreading that? No, no, no. You, you're 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 not misreading that. So that that gets like a little kind of confusing. Um, but like their whole thing was like we haven't sent ships. I don't remember how long they said they hadn't sent ships to Middle Earth for. Okay. Uh, but I was like, oh, that that's not right. That's like, <laughs> no, no that, that's wrong. Um, I'm just saying, like, all these Isildur heirs are going to end up on, or not heirs, all these Isildur family members are going to end up on Middle Earth fucking around. And that's how the blood of Numenor gets introduced into mankind. The, the other humans. In, in, yes. Cause, yeah. because, because we've seen the fall of Numenor now in this fourth episode. We saw the prophecy or whatever of the giant tidal wave sinking the city. I hated it. I hated it. Because I was just kind of like, like me for for me who's like read the books and stuff it's like okay fine um you know but i kind of felt like why are you just like spelling that out for the audience like shouldn't you kind of build the drama and like get the audience to kind of hope that numenor pulls through I, well i mean i think that's what they're trying to show you because they, they, the 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 queen regent or whatever the hell they call her is like sort of reverse course on her Plan to just to right. get rid of, uh, get rid of. Gladriel. And I was like, oh no, no, hold on. Our tree started shedding leaves like crazy, so we got we got to change plans here. Right. Yeah. Uh, can you can you explain that to the audience who may not know what I'm talking about with the, with the tree? Um. So that that tree is Nimloth, and um, it is a symbol of the kinship between elves and men. And it has long been said that when the, when the tree no longer bears any fruit, then the line of Kings will die. And so that's why it's very important to some of the men of Numenor that the, that the tree be preserved. And uh, there, there's a there's a great little bit um, written written in the downfall where Isildur. Uh, basically, what happens is is the the tree it becomes off limits and Isildur sneaks in because he and his family basically see the writing on the wall. He sneaks in and he steals like the last fruit from the tree and plants it, and then that that's the tree that ends up getting planted in Minas Tirith. That's the tree that we see at the end right. of, uh, of Return of the King and right. stuff like that. So, so it's very important. Like it's a very symbolic thing because it was a, the, the Nimloth tree was originally brought by the elves out of Valinor as, as a gift to, to represent their, their, their friendship. Yeah. 
So, so again, which is sort of another little thing that I was thinking about the other day after watching the, the fourth episode. You know that 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 tree that like you said you you sort you spelled out the importance of it, and and you know the 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 humans of of Numenor have to know this history, and they obviously many of them obviously revere the tree, but they were okay, kind of telling the elves to go fuck themselves <laughs> for like the last bit of time, well, which they, it seems they, odd since it was a whole symbol of their entire relationship. Well, but you so. So, so I mean, that's the thing that that they're kind of not going going into. But, but by this point, by the time we get to Muriel, for about fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand years, the Numenorians have very slowly been turning to the dark side. Essentially, uh, they end up becoming they 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 love their 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 time. On Earth, they they love their prolonged lives, but they end up becoming jealous of the elves and of Valinor, who have everlasting life. And they start thinking, well, why shouldn't we have that too? And it it again over you know fifteen hundred to two thousand years, it's a very slow process that they start to kind of move away from that. But there there is a small faction on Numenor, um, the Elendili, the elf friends who remain faithful to that. Right. And that's, that's what we're seeing from Isildur's family. That's what we're seeing from Isildur's family. And, uh, that, and, and Muriel is, she's part of that. Her father, uh, Tar Palantir, the king, he would, as in this fourth episode, they kind of explain like he, the, the Numenorians had really turned away from the elves. And then when he came to power, he was kind of like, no, we, like we've gone too far. We need to repent for what we've done. And that kind of caused a lot of strife in Numenor. Um, so, and, and, and so Muriel is trying to navigate these two factions right. of Numenor. Like she's trying to remain faithful to the Valar and the elves, but at the same time, she's trying to keep the peace in Numenor for 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 the men who are resentful of the elves. Right, and they and they, and they have a a a, a, a palantir, right? Yes, and, uh, I mean, as as it, they, they sh- yeah, they, and, they, and yes, that that is did. that is the scene stone for anyone not paying attention who doesn't know what yes. the hell I'm talking about. That's just that they put you put your hand on it and you get to see like a vision of the future kind of thing. I feel like this is going to be the most inaccessible. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to, in the show notes. I might I might have to put like a, like a link to a wiki page for people. <laughs> but but it, I mean again I I have no idea if you know this but is that the same scene stone that that Saruman has. Because again, so in this episode, they talk about how all of them are lost except for this one. Well, that's. Did they say that? Yeah, I, I, I think she says something like, "There, you know, there are like sixteen stones in the world, and all of them are lost or hidden, something like that, and except this one." Well, actually, there are seven. Seven. She probably said seven. I just misremembered. But I mean, they're not lost again. again source material, but in, in the source <laughs> ma- in the source material, Elendil. Takes the scene. He What'd takes you call set. me, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Ellen Dill sounded funny. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but he takes the seeing stones with him to Middle Earth. Yeah. Before for the downfall, and then they're spread across Middle Earth. He takes 
he ends up in Arnor, which is in the north of Middle-earth, and he takes three of the seeing stones, and then the other four he gives to his two sons, and they end up in Minas Tirith, Minas Ithil, uh, Orthanc, which is Isengard. Right, but none of those places are built yet, so... None of those places are built yet, but I'm saying, like, I I don't know what she's talking about. If she said that they've been lost, I don't know what she's talking about, because they're all they should all be there in Numenor. Yeah, I thought she said they were lost or hidden. I don't know. And, unless the unless the Elendili are hiding them, and unless they have them and they're hiding them intentionally, I I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I just was curious. <laughs> I get it, that's sort of like one of those weird questions. I don't know if I have an answer to. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Adar character real quick. This this sort of elf that's working with the orcs is that a real character? Not to my not. I mean, that's the guy that they seem to be trying to imply is Sauron. Um, oh, again, one of the one of the characters. Yeah, they seem to be pointing at as as possibly being Sauron. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that's the case. Um, uh, no, that's not a character. Okay, interesting. And and didn't didn't they say something like like Adar was one of the names of Sauron or something like that? Well, they said that uh, Sauron went by many names. Right. So this might be. One of them. Just and just as easily as Frank or or uh Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Frank oh, Herbert. Frank Herbert. I mean fucking guy wrote Dune in Middle Earth. Sauron <laughs> wrote Dune. Fuck. Did we just solve a uh, mystery? Mark. <laughs> we're, we're doing the Lord's work over here. <laughs> Sauron saw himself as the Quitsatz Hunterot. I mean <laughs> I, 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 I can't argue with that. I think I think you nailed it. <laughs> just you know he's like place your hand in the box and he's like okay i'm gonna do it got no problem with that no problem watch watch out for my gom jabbar you motherfucker <laughs> well okay so we're at the halfway point of the show I, I i sort of feel like we reached a turning point in the series but as as someone who as you have said hates the show do do you feel like there's any chance of it redeeming itself in your eyes no. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I mean, what I've gotten so far is not encouraging. So, so have you spent a lot of time on the internet review bombing the show with your with your uh, hater colleagues? My fa- my fellow haters, no, yeah. no, I have not. <laughs> oh, okay. And I would just point out that for all of those haters, there are people who are arbitrarily giving this fucking thing ten stars, and it does. There's no way in hell it deserves that. <laughs> Again, I am enjoying the show quite a bit, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, while I respect the source material, I'm not familiar with it, and I, so I don't feel beholden to it either. But again, I'm also that guy who's like, well, the book's right there. If I want to read the source material, it's right there. I can look at this interpretation and have the origin of the OG, the 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 Tolkien himself. But uh, I think so. And that's just me being, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, even Steven. I, I guess, but I, for me, it's more of like, you know, I, I think the Tolkien fans, I, I don't know, maybe there are some other Tolkien fans who, who are listening who can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, they but, will. But I, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, like, I just feel like, Tolkien fans, Lord of the Rings fans, like, we're happy with what we have. 
I don't think anyone's been chomping at the bit for like a Lord of the Rings sequel or spin-off stories or anything like that. And what we have already is such a fleshed out tale and it's so detailed and, and well constructed already that we just we like just stick to that. You don't like you're not going to improve upon it. Oh, I was I um this might be this might be a good time to bring up like that I was fairly surprised when it came out that we were basically telling the story that's in like the opening bit of Lord of the Rings, the movie, that we were kind of exploring that area, like the forging of the rings and fighting against Sauron. Uh, when this show was first announced, I sort of thought we were going to spend time in that first age battling Morgoth, a, a character we hadn't seen yet depicted right. on the screen. So when, when, when everything kind of got announced, when like the sort of like synopsis for the show was made public uh, I think shortly ahead of like the teaser footage from the Super Bowl, like you like you had mentioned, I was sort of like, oh, I already know this story. I don't know if I'm that invested in it, and I, I sort of am still feeling that way because like, again, I'm enjoying the show. I actually I really am liking it, but like there's nothing in the show that I think is gonna like super shock me unless they do go against the things that you know the very little things that I actually do know from the source material. Like if they were to introduce Gandalf now. Where I'd be like, oh, that's wild. Like, that's a kind of a crazy approach. But I know how this story ends. So you're connecting dots that I already know about. And you're, it, this fourth episode did one thing that I was, I'm, I'm always sort of leery with when it comes to prequels anyways. It was just like sort of explaining something that I don't really need an explanation for. Like, I, you know, I was sort of not caring when it, we find out that the, that the, the dwarves have, have found Mithril. Yeah, and I was, just like I, I don't, I, I was struggling with that one because I was like, I feel like Mithril's already been discovered, but I don't, I, I, I was perfectly okay I with could, thinking that Mithril had been around for you know since the first age. I have, <laughs> well, and that's the thing, I think it has. So, so but, this is something that again, like another element they're trying to introduce to connect us to the material that we know from Peter Jackson's films. Which, yeah, exactly. But, and, and I say that I, I strongly say, I think it has been already in that, that, that it was introduced in the first stage. But I, I, again, I just watched that episode last night. I did not have time to, to really look in into whether or not yeah. they should have already discovered me thrill. But, uh, but, but I mean, that is sort of, in my opinion, that's sort of like the danger of any kind of prequel show is, is like you run the risk of explaining something that really doesn't need explaining. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's that kind of fan service thing, right? Like, oh, Mith- I remember Mithril. Right. You that, know, it's just like, oh, brother. That, that was sort of one of those elements uh, in, in the fourth episode. Again, I like the fourth episode, too, a, a lot. I, I do feel like it was a turning point for the series. But, like, that was one of those things where I was kind of like, eh, whatever. I, 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 all right. You, I don't know why we needed to figure this out, but okay. We spent, you know, some great big dwarf secret. They found Mithril. All right. Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess, like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like they're trying to set it up to become, like, a, an important part in in the wars against Sauron. Right, it'll be, it'll be some massive turning point that the, 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 the armies of the Light have Mithril on their side or something. Which, it, it, <laughs> that, that just, it, like, it just opens up so many holes in terms of, well, then why wasn't Mithril used afterwards? and you know stuff like that and 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 again like if you're introducing the wizards in the second age and you know we don't know that that's what they're doing it just kind of seems like that's what they're doing but if you're introducing gandalf and the wizards then why don't they fight 
like why aren't they in the last alliance that takes down Sauron at the end of the second age? It's right. Like, what? Like, I, what are you doing? I I, I have again. I've enjoyed the show, but I do have a lot of questions. I do feel like there is there there is a point where they could lose me, and I might be swayed to your side if they do something that even even I find egregious. <laughs> and you know, we all know that I'm a fairly soft mark for for any of these things. So like yeah. you, you know, you have to go. You, you have to step pretty far over the line for me to be like, whoa, hey, hey, oh, back it up. You know, <laughs> you know, and for me, I I don't know, like watching this show. I think about what you and Reagan and other like online reviewers that I pay attention to said about Picard seasons one and two. I'm just like, I'm just like, they didn't read the books. They like, they like opened the books, read a few pages, maybe read the appendices, and were like, okay, we got it. They skimmed half the wiki page. And they're yeah. Like, yeah, we got this. We're, we're locked down. But, like, that's how I feel about it. I'm just like, what is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you so I, I suppose uh, anything else you need to get off your chest about this show for, for our wonderful listeners? I mean, I feel bad because I feel like I've only really discussed, like, the source material. And I, I want people to understand, I think this is a bad show, not just because of that. <laughs> I think the writing is garbage. I think they are trying so hard to sound like Tolkien at times and are like saying nothing. Like you're talking nonsense. You're just putting TH at the end of words and rolling your R's to sound elegant or something. And it's just like this, like what you're saying right now is nonsense. And then at other times, they're just talking like normal people. And it's like, I, <laughs> and again, I, <laughs> again, I think I think the look of the show, like like the second the second age of Middle Earth, has been described as like the Dark Ages of Men, and it's like this clean and pristine world, and it's like, and again, the 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 rings of power are being forged because Sauron has convinced the elves or Celebrant Bor specifically that these rings will help make the world as beautiful as Valinor. But the world is all like it's so beautiful to to look at. All it's like like no like it should be hard and ugly and dirty, and, you know. Kind of, I, I don't know, you know. And and I I think I think the the score at times is just so over the top and too much use of slow motion. Like the slow motion shots of Galadriel riding the horse, she's just all of a sudden Elendil's best friend. I just find it so unbelievably frustrating. Mark, I'm just happy to give you this platform to 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 get out your vitriol. Just let it out. Man. I hope you feel better now. I want you to I want you to feel cleansed yourself for, for getting these, these feelings out on the record. You are you are now uh quotable. <laughs> and and uh, that's a good thing. You're you're influencing uh, at least a dozen people. <laughs> Does that feel good? You feel good? You proud of yourself? You should be. Right on. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> and again, everyone, you know, everyone listening knows me. Like I, I, I have a high threshold for bullshit. Apparently, I'm enjoying the show. I'm having fun with it. But I do feel like I do feel like there, there, there could be like a sort of 
uh, 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 house of cards kind of moment where the whole thing just crumbles down and around me and I'll be like, oh, well, all right, this all fell apart real quick. But uh, thus yeah. far, you know, and you know, it's an eight, it's an eight episode first season, four episodes left to go. Let, I, I'm I'm happy to finish the ride and see where we go, and I'll reevaluate, and maybe you and I can sit down and talk again, and and kind of, you know, see if we're both feeling the same way, or if one of us has changed their mind, or or, you know, if we want to start a fire somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're still still so contemplative. Look at you, just yours. Like I, I have more to say, but I'm not going to. No, it's 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 just it, it's actually like I find it frustrating because it's just kind of it's just kind of hard to 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 put into words. But I, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. Like the the show has like some pacing problems. I, I think the pacing of the show is really terrible. I think the every episode has ended on just like the most random note. It's like the end. Like oh, okay, I didn't think it was going to be there, but all right. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's just uh, in in, in uh, uh, Lord of the Rings style, let's just say to be continued here, and then we'll we'll have to pick up this conversation after the next four episodes, the final four of season one. Are you saying we're boring people with our nerd talk? I just don't think we have anything else to say about the show. I mean, yeah. All right. you know, yeah. like I, you know, I, I'm sure Reagan's hard at work building that that you know. Uh, the the elves uh, uh, family tree that you laid out for everybody with all these fucking crazy names. Well, I just want to say to Reagan, like like all this lore and stuff. This is why you can't listen to Lord of the Rings on an audio book. Ouch! Like, You're firing you... direct shots now at a listener and a supporter of the show. I'm just saying. He said he's gonna. <laughs> I'm just. You need the indexes. You need the appendices. Like you have to jump back and forth. It's it's like a textbook. If 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 he pulls his Patreon support for this podcast, I'm doubling yours, okay? Because <laughs> you are firing direct shots at a good I'm, friend. It's not. It's not a <laughs> shot. Well, he'll be the judge of that. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Reagan, if it's a shot, I'm sorry. I didn't intend it as such. Look at that. A preemptive apology, Reagan. Hang on to that. You don't get those often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk later. We'll we'll we'll, we'll connect later after the show's done. Though I think you and I got a busy month coming up. If we're, if we're gonna do like Halloween shit too, so we'll we'll see what's going on. We should definitely do that. We should do real Halloween this year. I don't know what that means, but we'll talk. We'll we'll, we'll talk after this, okay? We talked about horror movies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To be continued. <laughs> FYI. All right. Brb. Uh, see you next summer. Kit. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Peace out. What can you see? Can you see anything? Nothing. There's nothing. Wait. There are markings. It's some form of elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. Mordor? In the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, find them. This is the one ring. 
There you go. That's the conversation for the first four episodes of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Hope you had a lot of fun with that. I know I did. It's a good time. Uh, and I'm really, since we recorded this episode, two more episodes have aired. So that means two more to go, and then we'll be able to sit down and record and talk about the final four episodes of the show. I ho- I'm very curious to hear what everybody else is thinking out there. If you're checking the show out, what do you think? Are you enjoying it? Are you are you in? Are you out? Uh, what's bothering you? What elements of the story do you not like? Are there certain characters you're just like, whatever, don't care? Let me know. Hit me up. Keep me posted on your thoughts and feelings about the show as well. You know I'm at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram, so please hit me up over there. Love to hear from you. Thank you all for the continued support while we are still uh, uh, during, doing this year of, 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 of difficult recording schedules. <laughs> so thanks for sticking around and, and always being kind and supportive uh, when we engage. So I miss you all terribly. I wish we were doing the show more often. Uh, just is what it is at the moment. But I hope you're listening to Mandovision. I hope you're checking out the Star Wars podcast. I've been able to keep that going, and we're having a lot of fun talking about Andor right now. Check it out. All right, Popheads. I'll be back very, very soon. we got some more good shows lined up for you. Just hang tight. You're going to get them all, all right? We'll see you soon. Ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! Yeah!